<laughs> Be kind, Dr. Schmidt. Kind. A pedagogy of love. <laughs> pedagogy of, we got pedagogy of whoop-ass over here. <laughs> got to balance the love. How do you balance your pedagogy between love and kicking ass? Kicking ass. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Notorious Pedagogues. In this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about how we define literacy, how do we, we define literacies, and how we think literacies and technologies interact in meaningful ways. I think when people first hear the term literacy or literacies, they automatically think like reading or they think like learning, little kids learning how to read, learning their letters, learning their words, their sight words. They think of that sort of thing. Or maybe if you've got a little bit of education, you may think of even like grammar or having to read big books or things like that. But the word literacy has kind of become like a touchstone in the past 10, 20 years. And so it's kind of obvious that it would be confusing for people or maybe confusing is not the right word. Um it's almost like it's a saturated idea. Like there's a lot of meanings attached to it. For example, there are lots of folks who work in educational technology or in actual literacy departments or who do literacy scholarship or language scholarship who are looking at new media and new media literacies. And they're using that word literacies in sort of the same way, but it's not uh, in the way that we're going to necessarily be approaching how we do our work. So right. where, where is... Where does our concept or where we were coming from when we're talking about literacies? Well, I think it's interesting because at a certain point in our teaching, we were looking for some research to support some of our ideas. And so I think it was maybe three years ago that we discovered the position statement from NCTE. And when we read through it, we thought, well, isn't that fascinating? We're doing a lot of these things implicitly without realizing that they were official parts and components of this liter this position statement that NCTE had put out. Was it the position statement on multimodality? That's I think that's where we started. Because that one then... has a little bit of age on it, which is not bad. But Right. Um, I think that's where we started. And then I think that new revision came out, and that's the one that we use now, and that's the one that we're using to frame our, our book. Um, and so that actually has four components to it. So as Dr. Schmidt said, NCTE, the National Council of Teachers for English, lots of professional organizations like this, like the NCTE, create or draft position statements, philosophy statements, frameworks that help guide not only researchers, but also teachers, the practitioners in the field, so that we can know as a field we have a common set of language and we have a common set of ideas that we're working towards. So this is a relatively recent revision, 2018, mm -hmm. I believe. And the title of this is the Position Statement uh, Beliefs for Integrating Technology into the English Language Arts Classroom. There are four literacy statements or position statements within here. We're going to read them and then we're going to go back, circle back and, and talk through them a bit. The first one is literacy means literacies. The second is Consider literacies before technologies. Number three, technologies produce new ways to consume and produce texts. And number four, technologies and their associated literacies are not neutral. And we'll put links to the actual document from the NCTE homepage. We'll put that link in the notes so that people can go and read the whole document because these are only the top line 
um, summaries of what these statements right. mean. So for us, when we focus on literacy, meaning literacies, um, we are thinking even beyond reading, writing, speaking, listening, and viewing, which are typically the strands that we build into like our Common Core standards and all of that. Um, but it's thinking about uh, more of our social practices that inform the ways in which we communicate. So, um, you know, texting someone, using gifts to communicate uh, with people, um, sending voicemails, blogging, I mean, using technologies, but also analog modes as well. So all of these different modes of communicating, um, that all fits into that notion of multiple literacies sort of happening simultaneously. And that singular literacy, when we do say literacy, we really mean the plural, the plurality. Yes. Literacies. The second, consider literacies before technologies. I think when we first discovered this statement, when it was when we were first becoming aware of it, this one, this statement excited me the most. We practice this on the daily when we teach, and it was nice to have this reaffirmed in a position mm -hmm. statement. We say this all the time. We use a bit different language here. Sometimes when we're talking with students, consider literacies before technologies is, is the language here. But we use this formulation of consider the pedagogy before we do the, the technology. Consider the content before we look at the technology. But I was very happy that this uh, had such a level of prominence in this position statement. Yeah, because when we are helping them, um, obviously we, we have them as learners in our own context, but quite often we stop and do a little metacognition or debriefing. Um, you know, what does this look like if you take the same activity and put it into a middle school class or a block schedule um, or a classroom that maybe has one-to-one, -one, every every kid has an iPad or a tablet or um you know, even a, a Chromebook or something like that. Um, but I think for us, this is also, you know, as they're creating lessons for their future classrooms, this is us pushing them and you give them the acronyms uh, SAMR and TPAC. And, you know, so we have them reflecting on, you know, are you just throwing technology in there because it's bright and shiny and it'll be fun for the kids? Or are you actually transforming the learning and the work of the classroom and how those students are creating knowledge and interacting with a text or, you know, solving a problem. And so I think you're right. I think we were doing this all along, but then we were like, oh, that's a more formal way of saying what we believe in our in our dual pedagogy. Mm, agreed. The, the third, which this leads right nicely into the third, technologies provide new ways to consume and produce text. We'll talk about this a little bit more after we've gone through the whole position statement, but this lends itself to thinking about multimodality. And this is one of the ways that technologies open up for teaching to consider uh, a different way to approach literacies using technology. And the fourth one is technologies and their associated literacies are not neutral. And this one is not necessarily as straightforward. We've bumped on this mm -hmm. um, a couple of times in our own research and our own work because originally when we read, read when because originally when we read this statement, we assumed it meant that there are certain issues of diversity or there are certain issues of um, power and privilege embedded in the technologies themselves. But that's actually not what the text and the goal of this statement is. I think for this particular one, it also makes us think about issues of access 
and equity. And that is something that we have reflected on that we are not the strongest, like our, our strength in, across these four is not equal. And so this is one that maybe we need to work on and hone in a little bit as we approach um, now that we have that language and we have this position statement to really think through what does that mean um, for us, for our students, and for their future classrooms and students. Exactly. So the, how we so we've got these four position statements that that make up the the larger position statement about literacies, and for us how we've approached this is to think uh, not just in multimodality but to focus in on particular literacies to help organize not only our assignments, but our research. So we've got multimodality, which is where we started many, many years ago when we first started teaching this class. We introduced multimodality. It still exists in a lesson plan we have students do. Um, yesterday, I just do I double-checked when we were talking about the lesson plan assignment, can, who can define multimodality? And there was a little bit of confusion. It's not necessarily talking about, and again, this is number two, consider literacies before mm -hmm. technologies. It's not about presenting it, uh, or using technologies in multiple ways. It's about considering the literacies and multiple literacies and multiple modes of, of, of access and communication points. And then technology often follows from mm -hmm. that. But then there are these two special – there seems to be these – the visual and the oral are the primary ways by which we as modern human beings are engaging in our world. Like you mentioned in the beginning, we are sending memes to each other all the time. We turn on the news and we're looking at big charts and graphics. We can now – we now have the power. Our students have the power to create versions of those charts and graphs and infographics. Um we're sharing those in our text messages with our friends all the way up in through boardrooms. We have – there's those are just a few examples of the visual. If you jump over to the oral, we've got people who who's – adults whose commutes now um, are long enough that they have whole – a whole different relationship to reading because their 30, 45 minutes in their car or on public transit is now their personal time to engage as literate adults, but they're listening to books. Right. Right. Or, or in today's political climate, when we're having to watch a lot of ads, listen to a lot of speeches, listening to the ways in which language is being used – uh, to influence our opinion, to teach us things. We're in the middle. We're recording this in the middle of um, – Primary season. Uh -huh. well, and I was also going to say the coronavirus <laughs> conversation that are happening. We're getting lots of information as the public. And this is a relevant – this is relevant not just for in an abstract sense. It's relevant in a very real sense as a public health measure of how do we communicate things. Right. And it means a lot of listening to um, – Officials and health professionals tell us what it is we need to do. That's a literacy. Yeah. And That's I a, think that that was one of the reasons why we wanted to parse both of those out. And as we write the book, but then also as we're teaching this class, helping our students realize that for the most part, we're operating in multimodality constantly. Um, but visual and oral are key foundational pieces of multimodality. And so those need to be super strong. And so one way to strengthen a muscle is to isolate it and work the muscle, right? So when we're talking about visual, we know that you might be 
you know, hearing things while you're, you know, focused on the visual, but we want you to just focus on the visual. When you're listening to something, maybe there's also a visual that, you know, component that goes along with that, um, but we want you to just focus on what are you listening to and how is it coming through? What are the rhetorical strategies embedded in that speech or in that um, news ad that you're listening to or, you know, public service announcement basically about the coronavirus. So um, that's why we've chosen to sort of end the book with multimodality, but start the book really by parsing it out and just focusing in on these two skill sets and these these two literacies. We've had really interesting conversations and um, lessons we've learned in our teaching this term already by using these lenses in our in our classes. I'm thinking in particular of one example for each, and maybe you can help me um, expand on those. Mm -hmm. The first is in their book club groups. We had our students engage in an infographic activity where they could make a traditional infographic or they could make a version of an infographic using a modern-day template that everyone can find accessible, the Netflix landing screen. But we encountered this really interesting space, this very literate space. I want to emphasize that. In looking at one of our groups, how to find pictures to represent specific moments in a book. If you're thinking about a, 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 Netflix, a Netflix landing screen, there are you know, the episodes, the main splash page image, mm-hmm. and then there's the episodes. And, for example, when they were trying to find – I don't remember off the top of my head which book it was. We were trying to find particular images, and they ended up having to go for very odd sort of out-of-place stock images because the images that they were looking for, they had trouble accessing. It opened this whole other space of talking about this text, and not just with this group, but everybody in the room got to see it because this only one group got to read the book. It it was actually so in this moment, that moment last night was so impactful. I've shared it with two other colleagues because Mm. we didn't – this, that would have never occurred. I mean that the theme of race relations and, and the and the connection right. is as a theme is obvious in in the book, but approaching it through the visual lens, right? Visual having literacy, to identify photographs because yeah. for some of the other groups they actually identified a, a specific actor and a specific actress who they wanted to play, um, or in the case of Dante and um, uh, Aristotle, Aristotle, they found two young male actors to play uh, Dante and Aristotle. Um, But for this group, they didn't, no one really came to mind in terms of these characters, but they were looking for images. And then it, in some cases, led them to like hypersexualized images. And they were just like, well, that's not what I wanted. And so to find, you know, that, to use those search terms and figure out because they wanted to represent using a visual and technology um, that they ended up with a set of challenges that we didn't necessarily anticipate. Yeah. And that's, which is when I think the, one of the blessings of the position statement and our focus on literacy specifically using this visual lens, Mm -hmm. the, the, my hunch is with, with the oral literacies, we're going to have some very interesting conversations with the book clubs that use that as their lens. But in particular, those students who have chosen to listen to the texts uh, as, as audio textbooks or audio books, excuse me. And in particular, I'm interested in the student who took such copious notes mm-hmm. and what that how that connection between writing and uh, oral and listening literacy, what that's about. A space, again, that never would have 
I don't think opened. I think part of the reason why the group was so moved and we were moved is never would have occurred to us to consider that as a strategy. Right. And as most a of the time, of moral literacy. Yeah, most of the time that I'm listening to a book, I'm driving, so Same. I can't take notes. Same. And then how do we, if we're going to support the development of students, oral literacies, mm -hmm. and then a model for our students, how do they support their future students' oral literacies? Right. What, this and needs I to think, be taken account of. I, yeah, I think this is really exciting research because I know that, um, I mean, you and I both listen to mm -hmm. books and podcasts active, all, the, yeah. all the time. We're very active. Um but I do know that some teachers have a hard time when a student wants to listen to the book and count it as, quote unquote, reading. And that's what we're arguing. And that's what we're arguing, that it does count. And so I'm really interested to sort of follow this path. And I hope that it it not only helps teachers articulate how and why it's reading, because it is one of the multiple literacies, um, but also that it helps students who, you know, maybe visually they find reading to be a challenge. But if they, you know, can download a, a text using an app and putting it on their phone and then maybe they're maybe they're extra, maybe they're not in the car like we are, but maybe they're exercising and maybe they're running and, you know, they're still reading that book. They're just, you know, Dr. Terry Lassane says she's reading with her ears. Oh, I like that. Right. And isn't that awesome? Um, because you're still you're still engaged. You're still engaging in the text. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just. It's shifting the mindset for some people of what counts as reading and what's valued as reading. And I think it's interesting that we have examples of two, visual, the graphic novel, and oral, the audio books, that we're going to be pushing through and, and you know, seeing where this argument leads us. Because to me, they both count. They, mm -hmm. They're both important, you know, making sure that, that kids are finding books that they want to read that's our challenge, right? And mm -hmm. so whether they read via graphic novel, whether they read through their ears, um, it's reading. It all yeah. counts. It's all a literacy. And all that, that's it. Multiple it's, it's literacies. All literacies. Yeah, it's all literacies. Thank you for listening to this episode of Notorious Pedagogues. We really hope that our conversation about literacies and the NCTE position statement will help uh, our students and any other listeners know a bit more about our background, but also give you pause to think about how literacies are being redefined and rethought in the age of technologies in 2020 and beyond. If you want more information about the position statements, look in the notes. We'll put links to, to these documents. Um, and then be sure to listen in in the next couple months as we share our students' work with their novels, their book studies, and we'll be talking specifically with them about these various literacies. Thank you again for listening and stay tuned.